On this episode, I talk about Remembrance Day, and we have Nick DeHaan from the MS Society of Northern Alberta. Stick around. So yesterday was Remembrance Day. Bit of an emotional day for me. Uh, oddly enough, Remembrance Day marks my nine-year anniversary as a person with multiple sclerosis. Nine years ago, nine years ago and plus one day, I guess, um, I was at work. At the time, I was a partner in a restaurant, and I was walking out of my office, and one of the cooks was bugging me for a raise. And as I was walking into the front of the house, my entire right side went numb. Uh, I immediately thought it was some sort of cardiac event, or uh, I didn't know, but I knew it was serious. So fortunately for me, uh, my parents lived a five-minute drive from the restaurant, so I called them. I don't know why I didn't call an ambulance. I probably should have called an ambulance, but I, I didn't, so I... Uh, called them and they took me over to the Misericordia and I knew it was serious because I they didn't I didn't wait I went straight in and uh, they gave me all kinds of tests eventually told me it was I wasn't having a heart attack I wasn't having a stroke and then but the on-call there the on-call emergency doctor did ask me if I had any family history of MS and uh, I do on my my mom's side my maternal aunt uh, got diagnosed, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And, yeah, and then, you know, I couldn't, I didn't work again for seven months. And over that seven months, it was, you know, constant tests and that. But uh, that was when my big attack happened, was uh, no, Remembrance Day. Uh, the irony of that doesn't escape me, but it was Remembrance Day uh, 2006. And here we are nine years later. Um and I'm still around. Uh, Remembrance Day is also a tough day for me uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, two years ago, I don't know why everything happens on Remembrance Day, but two years ago, I had gone out to uh, Remembrance Day uh, Memorial out in Wetaskiwin, because that's where my uh, grandmother lives. And just I, for whatever reason, I left my cell phone at home. Um, so my wife and my, my kids and I, we went out there. And then when we got home, you know, after going for lunch and that, so we probably, you know, we were probably gone for four or five, six hours. Uh, when we got home, I had a bunch of missed text messages on my phone. And all of which were from people that I knew from high school. And, and, and people that didn't necessarily associate with one another in high school. So I saw the names and I thought, well, this probably isn't good. I don't know why. I immediately thought it was bad, but it, well, and it turned out it was. Uh, my good friend Blaine, uh, he passed away. And I found out Remembrance Day two years ago. So, um, yeah, it was tough. It's a bit of a tough day. And uh, I also always think about my, my grandpa Barry, my dad's dad. Uh, 
he was a World War II vet, and uh, he would never talk about it. Uh, he passed away when I was 12, but uh, he uh, normally didn't talk about it. And um, I just remember one story that uh, my dad's told me. Because uh, Grandma Barry, like, he never he never talked about it with me. Um, but my grandpa was one of the troops that had landed in Italy, and they were working their way into Europe that way. Um, and I do remember, and I don't remember which town or city it was in, but uh, it was... Anyway, it was near the near getting close to the end of the war, and it was at that point where, you know, they would fight in a city, and it would literally get down to block to block. Like, you know, the 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 Axis forces would have one block, and the Allies would have another. And um, and I guess my grandpa was out on patrol, and he was walking down the street. He turned a corner, and I don't know if it was an Italian troop or a German troop. I'm assuming it was an it was an it was an Axis truck, an Italian troop. Anyway, both these soldiers, they turn the corner. They're both armed. They look at each other. And I guess they both just kind of nodded and decided, you know, this isn't the time. And they both turned and walked away. Um, and it's a powerful story when you think about it. Uh, I mean, those two men weren't part of the uh, geopolitical forces that, you know, that were... Uh, that were pulling the strings of the war. I mean, these are men with uh, with lives and you know families and that, and, and they made a decision that day not to not to shoot each other. And I think that's uh, um, I think it's pretty cool. So anyway, the other thing about Grandpa Barry was he was a runner. <laughs> uh, although the pictures I've seen when he when he was running, he, he actually looked like a runner, unlike unlike his grandson who was me. Um, but there are pictures from him in the war, from the war, uh, competing in long distance races, um, and I, you know, so when I think about when I when I when I'm off when I'm running sometimes or when I'm doing things like the really long run, I, I often, uh, I often think of him. So, um, yeah, I I don't know what everybody else's experience with the Remembrance Day is, but for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not the most fun, obviously. Uh, it's a time to reflect. It's time to look back. Um, but hey, nine years later, here I am. Um, my mom made a good comment to me yesterday. She said, "Would you have ever imagined where you would, where you'd be now, nine years ago?" And the answer is absolutely not. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel extremely fortunate that, uh, uh, that while I still live with MS, I, it hasn't changed the course of my life and in some ways it's enriched my life um i guess it 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 it, it, it stopped me from being a lot uh, stopped me from lying to myself anymore i mean those lies that you tell yourself to excuse you know the way you behave or or the actions you take i mean you know, when you're when you're living with something as serious with as MS, you really have to be honest with yourself. And yeah, I mean, it's it's been an amazing nine years, and in a lot of ways, uh, in the last nine years, uh, well, I met my wife. Uh, it'll be six years ago, uh, this December. 
Uh, we met in December 2009, and we got married in August 2010. Um, our daughter, our first child, came in May 2011, and then, uh, then our son came the June 2013. So it's been a really uh, roller coaster ride for the last nine years, and um, ups and downs and ins and outs. And but yeah, it's been. <clears throat> I'm I'm, you know, I think I'm generally a happy person. What I didn't, what I don't realize though, is when something's bothering me, I, I really suppress it because I didn't realize until I got home. I went for a run yesterday, and I didn't realize until I got home how the weight of uh, the nine-year anniversary was on my mind, or uh, losing a friend like Blaine. Um, it was just, uh, uh, yeah, obviously, it was bothering me because I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a moment and. Um, and so I think it's always shocking to my wife because she doesn't see it coming because I don't let it on. But, I mean, obviously, I've, I've suppressed it so far. I don't know what's coming, right? And then also yesterday, I got a call out of the blue from an old friend. And he said our other old friends in town whom we hadn't seen in well, over over a decade. And he was in town because his, his brother had passed away. So I went for lunch with... Uh, uh, four, uh, three old friends uh, under not the nicest of circumstances so it was just a day I mean that's part of the reason why this podcast is a day late getting out but uh, um, yeah I just wasn't in the, the headspace yesterday to uh, sit and talk into a microphone but um, it is what it is I guess uh but I should update everyone. I, the the training for the really wrong run 2016 is now uh, we're now three weeks into it. Uh, I still don't feel like my old self. It's coming though. It definitely is coming. Um, it's really hard to go from running you know a few times a month to running you know four or five times a week. Um, my goal was to get right back into my program, just the way it was. Hey, I'm going to start running five days a week, and I'm going to do 80 kilometers a week, and then 90 kilometers a week. And well, when you take time off, the body just needs time to uh, reacclimate itself. So, um, you know, Chris from Blitz Conditioning has obviously been a huge help, and uh, and this week's been good. Uh, it's been good. I've uh, my 5K times, one of my training times, 5K, are have been consistently on under 30 minutes, which is, for me, that's good. I mean, it's not like uh, world championship time or anything like that, but for me, it's pretty good. So uh, I'm happy with that. The biggest thing, and the biggest thing I've been focusing on this week is is keeping my diet in check, because um, it's amazing how much impact that has on your performance. I mean, if you start eating gar garbage in, garbage out, I mean, it's really, uh, if you're constantly eating junk food and, uh, you know, really high, greasy, fried and really nasty oils food, um, garbage in, garbage out, that's your output. And it's, it's phenomenal uh, how much of a difference you can feel just after being fairly clean for a few days. Um, yeah, I made it difficult yesterday when I went for lunch with uh, with those guys because out comes a giant plate of chicken wings and then there's a spinach dip and 
and all this stuff sitting in front of you, you think, and you sit in the back of your head, just that carnivore, and he's just, I want to, you know, I want to just rip into it. But I was, I came through unscathed, so that's, that's a bonus. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, my run today was good. Uh, and the, the, and the weirdest things happening is that, the way my schedule works is I run, I try and run five, ten, five. So on Tuesday I run five k, Wednesday I run ten. Thursday I run five. I take Friday off. Well, I don't take Friday off, but I'm not running Friday. And I actually go and see Chris at Blitz Conditioning Friday morning. And what he's doing with me is he's trying to work on my mechanics because uh, I, I've had a lot of injuries over the years, uh, not MS related, uh, lots lots of sports related injuries. So I've got tight IT bands, I've got tight hips, I've got. Bottom line, he's trying to work on my mechanics so that I run more efficiently and uh, ultimately I don't hurt myself. And that's kind of important. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then Saturday, Sunday, uh, I try and do long, longer runs. I think this Saturday, I'm going to attempt 15K. And then I'll do a Sunday. A Sunday, I'll probably just do 10. Um and the, and the whole theory behind it is you're training yourself to run on tired legs um, so that when you go a long distance, you're, just, you're used to just running on tired legs. And as long as you fuel yourself properly, because you have to take in calories while you're going, um, that once you get used to it, and it's also getting through those mental barriers, and that's really the biggest uh, thing I'm having trouble with now is uh, pushing myself to try and... Uh, like when I start to get tired and I feel like not stopping to run, uh, it's 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 a lot of mental training, and I forgot how tough that was. And, you know, it's amazing. It's not even a year ago, and I've already for, forgotten how tough that is. So I'm working on that. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on uh, before I get to the interview, I don't know if you guys saw it. I tweeted it out uh, a couple days ago, but there was a story about this. Uh, guy Brian Clement uh, uh, I guess he gives talks he's from Miami or something he gives talks to people and apparently he's got yet another uh, diet plan where he you know he claims he can uh, reverse MS his particular from what I from what I gleaned from the article basically eating a raw vegan diet uh, will just cure your MS and I think it's it's pretty clear from the article. It's an article on CBC News. I'll leave the, the link in the companion notes to the to the podcast. However, um, it's pretty clear that this guy's a, a charlatan. Um, you know, he's out to... He's preying on desperate people to make money. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's, it. That, that's, that's the tall and short of it. Uh, as some of you might know, I mean, I'll, I have time for people who want to talk about the impacts of diet on MS. I'll, you know, I I, uh, I try to adhere to a paleo-like diet uh, as much as I can. I do cheat on it. I mean, I'm no I'm no uh, saint that way, but I try as much as possible. No no gluten, no dairy, no soy. Um, uh, you know, I take a, a wide variety of vitamins every morning. Um, but I also take my meds, you know, my Tecvidera and, and that. So, um, it's, uh, I, I just, the reason why I tweeted it out is it's, it's, you know, it's pretty clear from the article that this guy's, um, 
uh, he's just preying on people who are desperate, and 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 that really uh, angers me because it's 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 so easy to do. I mean, I, I know when I got first diagnosed, and I'm sure a lot of you are on the same boat. When you get first get diagnosed, you think um, you're looking for anything, just just because it's you. you you you're in a, you go through a period of disbelief as how could this happen to me, right? And I uh, and you're so susceptible early on uh, to thinking, oh okay, so if I just eat raw carrots and celery and broccoli uh, and nothing else and just drink water, everything will be fine. And while some of these diets may improve your overall health, um, you know. They may lessen your chance of developing diabetes. They may help you lose weight. Uh, I don't. I've never seen. I've never read or been exposed to anything that that, that compels me to believe that uh, anyone has the magic bullet to cure, cure MS. Not yet. Could it happen? I hope so. I mean, I, I. I mean, I definitely hope so. But I haven't seen it, and. Uh, so anyway, if you if you're interested, read the article. Um, like I said, it was on CBCNews.ca uh, a couple of days ago. The link will be in the companion notes. Uh, but speaking of developing a cure and uh, and support for people with MS and all that all that stuff, uh, my guest today is Nick Dehan uh, from the MS Society of Northern Alberta. Uh, I've met with Nick in in person several times. Him, he, he and I were interviewed together uh, preceding uh, the really long run down MS last year. Um, and, you know, I, I'm in communications with Nick frequently. And the reason I wanted to interview him is I wanted to get somebody's voice from the MS Society uh, to talk about the society, how he got involved with it, uh, to talk about fundraising, how that works. Because uh, I know uh, there has been some conflicting stuff in the media recently. Uh, about how the funds of the MS Society, Society are, uh, received or used. Uh, so we touch on that. We touch on some of the programs. Uh, we touch on the bike tour and, and, and a lot of good stuff. So uh, really happy that Nick took the time to talk to me. And uh, here's the interview. So I'm talking today with Nick DeHaan from the MS Society. Nick, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, one of the reasons I want to talk to somebody from the MS Society, well, for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, doing this podcast, I think uh, uh, I've, I've reached out to a number of local MSers, and, um, and they've all had some contact with the MS Society. Uh, so why don't we start with... Um, how did you get involved in the MS Society, and, and, and you, what's your background with multiple sclerosis? Sure. So, um, uh, the, I guess the way in which I first got involved with the MS Society was uh, volunteering when I was very young. Uh, I actually have uh, several family members that have worked for the MS Society in the past. Uh, the, the first one being my aunt, who actually was uh, the, the, the person who started the Edmonton Walk uh, over 25 years ago. Uh, and at the time, that was the first uh, MS Walk in Canada. So, so that was 
obviously very exciting and uh, and I guess I've had several other family members that have that worked here and I, I came I, I, I myself came to or came to find myself working at the, the MS Society after uh, finishing my time at the University of Alberta uh, Students Union and uh, I saw an opening for the the bike tour uh, manager position and I was uh, familiar with the event and uh, had volunteered before and, and my parents ride in it regularly and uh, and uh, it was I guess it was something that that I was was interested in and, and I jumped on the opportunity to uh, to be involved. And then you've since moved positions, correct? You're now, well, why don't you tell us about what your current position is? Sure. So, yeah, I spent a couple of years working on the bike tour, and then uh, I ended up moving over into the marketing and communications role about uh, two years ago. Uh, there was some interest in, in seeing if, uh, like, formally it was a position that focused primarily on communications, but uh, we, were, we were interested to see if, if we could... Uh, but we'll give a little more attention to, to how we market uh, uh, our, our signature events and then as well take a look at how what we're, what we're doing with the society. And for listeners out there, I can, you know, attest of uh, Nick's current position firsthand because he's always correcting on me on how I say stuff when I get interviewed for the really long run. So <laughs> <laughs> um, now... Why don't we talk a little bit about the bike tour? I know that uh, for the first time on my bike team last year, I had another gentleman with MS on, on our team. And it was his first experience with the event. And I remember um, the, him and I rode together there on the way to, on the way to Camrose. But when we actually got to the dinner and he saw, you know, 2,000 plus people in that uh, huge exhibition center in Camrose, uh, he was quite taken back and... and now he's really motivated to keep doing it again. He wants his wife to get involved. Um, so, what were what was your experience with the bike tour, and what do you what do you take away from it? Yeah, uh, you know it's funny. Uh, every single year, I, I, there's a buzz that uh, that comes in our office, certainly when we're leading up to the bike tour, and uh, and. Uh, what the energy that you feel uh, throughout that weekend, uh, and I think you can attest to this. It's it's just like a special uh, experience. Uh, I when I'm explaining it to to people um, in the community that aren't familiar with it, I, I kind of ask them like, what's you know what's your, your your favorite events? And one that comes to mind for me is something like the Edmonton Folk Music Festival, where um, there's just something about that whole experience that that, that really stands out, and I, I like I think that that's because of the you know the way in which the no different than that folk festival, uh, the bike tour is a volunteer-driven event, and, and we've had people involved, uh, some of them now for for over 26 years, and and the kind of momentum that that's created, it it's, it truly is. Um, uh, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind experience. Uh, it's the largest MS bike tour in Canada, um, and it raises, um, we're gonna, looks like we're going to raise $2.2 million, uh, from this year, which is the most of any MS fundraiser in Canada. And uh, considering bike tours in total raise $8 million across the country, and there's 30-some bike tours, this, like this bike tour, the, the impact it, it, it has on a lot of people uh, living with a mass in terms of the amount of dollars that that it, that it raises, uh, you know, that goes towards research and, and supporting services. I mean, it can't be understated how how important it is. Uh, but 
but uh, yeah, I think every every year or two, you you hear these stories and, and you get inspired to, to to be involved and continue to, to be a part of it. Well, I know the comment that Dave, the the gentleman that was on my bike team, made to me. Um, he felt incredibly supported as somebody who lives with multiple sclerosis and. Um, just to see that many people uh, take time out of their, you know, weekend and and to put the effort into the fundraising, he really felt supported. And uh, it, it is a pretty incredible event, and, and it's actually a really fun weekend. So anybody listening who wants to get involved, uh, you know, you can t- contact the MS Society. You can contact me because I want as many riders on my own team as possible because I I'm pretty competitive and I want to see the fundraising just for my own personal team go up, but. Uh, now you mentioned the fundraising and, and kind of you kind of touched on where the money goes to and I know that uh, in about a month ago that there was a uh, an article in the Calvary Herald uh, featuring a gentleman who um, was basically not speaking very kindly of the MS Society. What he was what he was saying was that only a certain percentage of the money raised, all, 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 like a very small percentage of the money raised goes to uh, actual research and everything else goes to uh, the pay the staff salaries and that. And before I ask you a question, I'm just, uh, I want to frame it properly. Uh, the question I am, well, I had that conversation obviously for, for doing this podcast with a number of uh, people with MS and we've all spoken about it. And the one thing that I found was missing from that article and missing from uh, that person's attack on the MS Society is he didn't comment on how much money went to support services. And I found that the, 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 the article and the journalist that wrote it should have asked that question because it was horribly slanted. Basically, it just made it framed it as all all these people raise all this money and it just pays salaries and which isn't true and you and I both know it's not true but they didn't mention how much goes to support services and how much goes to do events like the bike tour and that so um, can you just speak to that because I think that's really important people understand when they donate to the MS Society they're not just donating for research which is also a part of what you guys do but it's advocacy and it's support programs for uh, I mean for me I don't use any of the support programs because I, you know, I, I, I function pretty well. Obviously, I can uh, run long distances and do most of the stuff I could do before. But there are people with very, very uh, progressive MS um, or severe relapsing remitting who really rely on those support services uh, in their day-to-day lives. So can you just speak to that? Yeah, and actually, that's um, as far as your observation goes, that's uh, bang on. Like the. Our mission is to be a leader in finding a cure for multiple sclerosis and enabling people affected by MS to enhance their quality of life. And so uh, sometimes the second part, it's a dual mission. So uh, the first half does deal with the fact that we're we're investing in research to to, to find uh, that cure uh, and and hopefully as well uh, come up with more treatments that can support people uh, with relapsing remaining MS, and, and, and uh, now we're moving more towards uh, funding research for, to, to help people with progressive forms of the disease. Uh, but the uh, recognizing that we have that dual mission, the other part is our is our uh, our client services, and so uh, and that's a that's a huge part of what we do because uh, because there's you know in while we're waiting for that cure to come, there are people that need our support now, and, and certainly not everybody needs our support, as you're saying. But um, but there are some people or individuals who 
they they need help navigating, uh, you know, the different systems of support that are in place, and that's why we have staff that that do advocacy. Um, there are people that, uh, when they're first diagnosed, they they want to learn about the disease and, and what their options are, and that's why we have programs in place to to, to provide education around that. Um, so yeah, it, it, in terms of. Uh, I guess in terms of those numbers that were presented, uh, it, it might have been a bit misleading because you see the salaries, but those salaries are going towards, uh, certainly some of those salaries are going towards just the cost of fundraising that, that, that we have associated with running these events, uh, but, but uh, a large chunk of that salary as well is going towards uh, uh, making sure that we can provide those, uh, those services and supports for people now. And you're primarily self-funded. That's right. I mean, there's not. Um, I mean, you, you, is it? Well, if I remember correctly, I think the uh, one of the emails I got from you guys was 98% self-funded. Is that correct? Yeah, 97% uh, self-funded. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Again, very close. And uh, the the thing about that is uh, sometimes I, I know there's people look at our cost of fundraising uh, nationally, it's 40%, and uh, one thing that that keeps our cost of fundraising, uh, one of the challenges we have around our cost of fundraising is that most of our funds are raised through uh, our signature events. So things like the MS Walk and MS Bike uh, program. And so when your primary source of revenue is, uh, is event-based, there's just higher costs associated with uh, providing the support that we do on the bike tour um, uh, the dollars that go into organizing the walk, uh, it's, it's different than when you receive a grant from government, which again, we do not receive, uh, we receive very little funding from, from uh, government. And, uh, and we're working on other things like our, our major gifts and, and, and stuff like that. But, but as it stands, like we, we continue to rely on our event-based fundraising uh, as our primary source of revenue. And I can speak to that a little bit, because I mean, Last year was the first time I ever put on an event myself, myself and my family, and it wasn't free. Um, I mean, there was cost associated, and it's not cost that people would necessarily think about. I mean, I probably spent uh, well over a thousand dollars on sneakers just for training, just to be able to do the event. Um, now that that came out of my pocket, but the point I'm trying to make is that that was a small event, the really long run. To do something like the MS, um, sorry, the Johnson MS bike tour, Nick. Remember, see, I got it. I got to put the Johnson in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to do something like the Johnson MS bike, um, it's, I mean, if you ever come or ever take part in an event, I mean, it's a huge event. There's 2,000 plus riders. Uh, there's a small army of support vehicles. There's the food. There's uh, the, <laughs> you know, it's, it would be an organizational nightmare and there would be costs associated with it. And you know, you can't go up to a business and say, Hey, can you come and feed 2000 riders for free? I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, just to support your point, you know, Nick, like when you, when you have a, an event that that size and of that magnitude that generates those kinds of dollars, there's going to be a cost associated with that. And people just have to understand that. I mean, uh, it would be nice if, um, you know, everything was free for you guys, the MSSI, because then, you know, maybe 90% of the money you raised would go towards, uh, you know, research or whatever. But that's just not the reality of the world we live in. Is that fair? 
Yeah, and, and you know, uh, one thing I will add is uh, when you look at just Alberta, our cost of funding using is 29, uh, 29%. So, like, uh, we do, we're very fortunate in Alberta uh, in that our, our, our vents do very well. Uh, and and uh, like I think it was, it's not just the, the bikes here in, in uh, like the duty cameras. We also have the area old store in in Calgary in the Red Deer, uh, Red Deer, which is funny enough in Red Deer. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like we're very we're very fortunate that uh, we have a lot of support across across Alberta for the events that we're putting on. Um, continue to find success, and and that you know that does help uh, keep our cost of, of fundraising down. Uh, so and and certainly we're always actively looking, uh, especially with as I've taken this role on, we're always looking for ways to to bring those costs down, uh, so that we can make sure we're getting as, as much money as possible to towards the research and and uh, again like providing those services. Yeah, and just people out there know uh, when I did the really long run last year, there was even a cost to the MS Society for that because they're. Um, were members and Nick came out to a few interviews and uh, Tyler and Paula and uh, Jennifer and there was a number of people uh, that helped me with it so there would be a cost associated with that as well so um, just to be you know just to be upfront about everything I mean it's not nothing's free mm -hmm. no, you know there's no free lunch right so, yeah. um, so yeah. moving, moving on from that topic I just thought it was something important to touch on but moving on from that now with the MS Society, can you just highlight maybe some of your favorite or some of the programs that you uh, that really speak to or you really like or you really think are cool that that uh, you guys are providing for uh, MS warriors out there? Sure. So um, right now, actually, we're, we're as an organization, we're revisiting the different programs that we offer, and there's I'm not sure if I can talk about it just yet, but there's. There's a, there will be, I think, an announcement happening in the next couple of weeks about uh, some new programs that are going to be, a new program that is going to be offered by the society. But uh, one thing that I think is, it seems like is becoming increasingly important is, uh, is our MSGPS program. And, and essentially what, what that does is it, uh, we have staff that help people navigate uh, some of the different challenges people might might uh, have when it comes to accessing the services that they need so um, and there's there's a variety of different things that this can mean whether it's um, issues around employment accessing certain grants uh, unfortunately it can be if, if you've just been diagnosed or you don't you, you certainly many of us are not experts when it comes to navigating some of these different uh, systems and so uh, we created this program. Uh, I'm not sure. What, uh, it's recent enough that I, I think it was it came into being while I was here in the last four years. But uh, what, we've seen a lot of growth and demand in that area. So I think this is a service that uh, that we're still raising the profile of and making sure that it's it's available to, to people. But uh, but it's something that I think is is uh, it's a direction that I think you'll increasingly see the society going in terms of providing that to, to people living with MS. Cool. Um, now, I know you got to run here. Uh, you know, you were, <laughs> and actually, you know, you're wondering what if 20 minutes is going to be good. It's going to be perfect, actually. <laughs> so it worked out well, even though somehow I got my, uh, my calendar screwed up, but that was my fault. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts you want to, anyone you want people out there to know about the MS Society? Um, just 
Any, any final thoughts? I'll, I'll just say that I think, you know, we're really grateful to work with so many fantastic people. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for the, the people that I get to meet on a regular basis that are doing uh, so much good work across uh, Alberta and Northwest Territories. I mean, um, we, it, it makes our job rewarding in that uh, the, all the people that we get to work with and, and meet are always so passionate about, um, as passionate as we are about, you know, trying to improve the lives of, of people living with this disease or, or impacted by it. And so, you know, meeting, it's been, Sean, we've got to know each other a bit better over the last year, and that's that's been great. And, and uh, like, the, you know, you talk about the bike tour, I mean, the individuals you meet doing that, um, uh, the walk, all, there's, there's so many, so many amazing stories of, of people taking ownership in their community about, um, about, about ending this disease. And um, from what I can tell too, and, and we just had the uh, MS Connect 15 was a couple weekends ago, and and uh, one of the comments that uh, one of the researchers made is, you know, uh, uh, it sometimes feels that the cure can't come fast enough, but but we're getting closer every day. And so, uh, you know. If anything, thanks, thanks for um, you know inviting me to come speak on the, the podcast, and and always happy to to you know have a conversation and uh, share what's going on in our end. Well, you know me, I'm always going to have goofy stuff to annoy you guys with, so. Uh, <laughs> this probably won't be the last one, and and just so you know, I'm already training for the run next year, so you guys better be ready. Right on. Yeah. When's it happening? Uh, oh man, you're gonna make me look at my calendar again. Uh, we did set the official date and my mom approved it so we're all good uh, let me see here uh, it's May the 14th Saturday May the 14th wow yeah. great yeah so I don't know if I'll join you up to run but I'll, I'll for sure see at the bike tour <laughs> <laughs> well actually I have two people this year that are running the whole thing with me um, That's amazing. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Chris from uh, uh, Blitz Conditioning uh, has volunteered yep. to train me, and he was actually he ran 20k with me last year, uh, and he said uh, he's gonna come out and run the whole thing. And Jen Ferentz, who is a big big part of the November project here in Edmonton, uh, she ran with Chris and I for 20k last year, and she said that she's gonna run the whole thing. So. Uh, I've told them both I think they're nuts because I know that I'm nuts, but it all kind of goes with the territory. But anyway, Nick, thank you so much for joining me, um, and I'm sure we'll be talking again very, very soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks again, Sean, and uh, yeah, catch you soon. Okay, bud. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Bye. So that's uh, YEGMS episode number nine. Um, this is the second to last episode of 2015. I'm going to be taking a break in December and coming back in January. So um, there'll be one more episode and then uh, I'm taking a little vacation. Uh, thanks again for uh, thanks again to Nick DeHaan for taking the time to uh, talk to me today. Uh, he's a busy guy, so I appreciate the, the time. And um, and we talked about the bike tour, so I'm going to plug it again. If anybody wants to join my bike team for the 2016 MS Johnson and MS Bike Tour. See, Nick, I got it. 
Johnson MS Bike Tour 2016. If anybody wants to join my bike team, the Battered Piles, uh, get a hold of me. You can tweet at me at ownms.com1. That's uh, own. <laughs> I can't even speak anymore. Uh, that's at O W N, the letters M S dot com one. So O W N M S D O T C O M and the number one. You can email me at Sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. That's O W N multiple sclerosis, all one word, dot com. Uh, you can find the really long run to end MS Facebook page on Facebook. You can actually you can find it uh, at www.reallylongruntonms.ca. Some exciting news actually about the Really Long Run website. Uh, Tyler from the MS Society has actually uh, done some work there, and we're going to have it set up this year. So any support runners who are running, they'll have a donation page, their own donation page, just like uh, you would with the John Johnson MS bike. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, other notes before I sign off. I actually will be... I'm getting an award tomorrow, and I think I've talked about this before. I'm not generally somebody who gets awards. Uh, thankfully, I don't have to speak. Um, but I'm getting an award from the... Let me pull it up. The Association of Fundraising Professionals, uh, the Edmonton and Area Chapter, tomorrow... Uh, for the work that I did with the really long run last year, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm actually taking my mom to that event, so that's uh, that's pretty cool too. To be able to spend some time with her, but anyway, that's the episode. And like I said, if you want to join the bike team, let me know. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me, Sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Obviously, you can always visit the web website at ownmultiplesclerosis.com, and we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks for the final episode of 2016.